Hello. Good afternoon. I guess my song's just ending. Hi, everybody. I'm Dr. Missy Hood. Welcome to the 15-Minute Rev, and happy Tuesday. Hope this is loud enough over there. And welcome on Facebook, and welcome on YouTube. So, yeah, it's good to see everybody. Um, I've got kind of a hard word today, and it's for leaders in the church. And uh, uh, God has been talking to me. God the Father has been talking to me since last night. And um, when God the Father shows up, I know that it's time for business. It, not that it's not time for business when Jesus shows up or the Holy Spirit, but it's just a different presence. But it's like your father walking into the room <clears throat> where he's about to <laughs> slap some people upside the head. So anyway, I've got a prophetic word first that we're going to read. And then I'm going to get into the teaching. And it's, it's ironic. You know, it's just amazing to me every single time. I get on to do these revs. How God, hi Helen, a uh, hi Rita, hi Cynthia. But it's amazing to me how God um, just correlates the prophetic word and he correlates the teaching when I don't even know what the teaching is going to be about until I get into it. So I'm just following a spirit when I walk through this process to find out what God has to say. But we're walking, I don't know if you sense this or not, we are walking, <clears throat> pardon me, in a severe time where God is demanding <clears throat> that his sheep get cleaned up. He's demanding that we do things his way because we see so many people getting caught up in the flesh and doing things their own way. And so today's 15 minute rev, the title is a prophetic word, obviously, and it's called a severe warning to leaders. And this is the title for you leaders. It says, woe be to you, Eli. Woe be to you, Eli. Follow my ways, says love. Follow my ways. This is the word for the leaders who have chosen to act like Eli in this hour, who allowed his sons to act any old way they wanted to in the temple of God, sons and daughters, intercessors, you name it, allowing them to do whatever they thought was right in their own eyes without realizing there are always consequences for sin and for following your own ways. It cost Eli. It cost his sons. He was judged. So this is the word for you. This is the word for those standing on the international, federal, state, city, county, and personal levels. Whether you're in the government mountain, the business mountain, the media and heart, or the media and entertainment mountain, the family, or the church, especially the church mountain. This is for you. The Lord says that I've tolerated your insolence for long enough to where I've observed you choosing witchcraft over the truth. So that you might have your own way in a season where only my ways are going to be accepted. I've observed you walking and choosing to walk and talk and balk through man's ways instead of taking your walks with me seriously. Did you think I was kidding when I told you to get cleaned up? But instead, you as leaders knew what I expected, yet you rejected my warnings. And so now... I issue you a dire warning on all levels. For all of you, you've chosen to play both sides of the aisle or both or to play and walk in both the kingdom of light and darkness, thinking I wouldn't notice. The Lord says those of you leaders who have walked like Eli, having sons and daughters, fake sheep who are allowed to act and pray any old way they choose the Lord says, I've released the spirit of imminent doom upon you as a leader, as judgment for not obeying me. And then I will begin to uproot you out of the land. 
for many in the world, they will pass this off as a vaccine last stand, or vaccines last stand, with complications coming from weak hearts who refuse the truth to stand. But for those who know me and have purposefully chosen to balk at my commands, I am now deposing you from service. And some of you are, who are uprooted with no vaccine for an excuse, purposefully done so that those around you would know that I'm a father who keeps his word. Because when you demand intimacy with the holy God without being invited into or in at my decree, I have the right to dismiss thee. Well, your heart has been raping its way through kingdom long before now, but today, today, you'll learn to stand and own your own selfish and lack of accountability passivity your way by being forced to your knees in humility. Because Haman, you will not walk into my palace and touch my bride. And in this place, you'll learn to abide by my rules of kingdom. So today, you're being hung from your own gallows for all the world to see so that they might see the real heart that abides in thee, which is not my own, says the Lord. It's the heart of your true father who fell long ago. That is the kingdom that resides within thee. Not me, says the Lord, not me. Because if you truly knew me, there are just some things true love would never stoop to do and everything you've chosen to walk in is way beneath true love's view but not beneath mine because for those who have chosen to walk in the divine they knew and they held to my standards to my truth <clears throat> so that i might be able to dwell with them as my bride the true war bride that i kept inside of my heart from the start with my gift of love my very presence within them you see i gave myself away to them from the start i gave them my heart my gift of love some are given joy, others are given the gift of faith. Very few are given the gift of love from birth. So that they would not depart from the truth for the hour I placed them into. Because I knew this time would come when all men would run to their own ways, being led astray from my kingdom of light into murky waters. And I just want to follow this up. I had a vision this morning, which was where the word followed up the vision. And I saw this big wide bridge. And everything was dark in the atmosphere. But there were a people group that were choosing God. They were choosing love. They were choosing to walk in truth. And they were in the center of the bridge. And people that weren't allowed to cross over with them were on the outside of the railings. And they were trying to reach across and touch them and hold them and touch them, hold them back. And But they couldn't reach them because God had put angels all alongside of them with God literally being his himself our armor bearer to walk us across into the new he was our shield and our faith our buckler to stop the murky waters from touching us what were the murky waters the murky waters are witchcraft for those who have chosen to stay stuck and walk in witchcraft lord says your ways are not my ways therefore i will not abide with you so i saw the Lock shields on both sides. I'm reading this inside of his, and he was walking this people group over into his glory for their part of his story to begin, where all things will be made manifest that they have prayed for in the darkness before they crossed over. Hi, James. <clears throat> Good afternoon. We've been missing you. 
<laughs> I know you've been busy, though. You've probably been working. Okay, so for those of you who chose murky waters, hi, Stacy. Your story's about to begin. Because, as well, your story's about to begin as well. Because for many, the Lord says they won't live to tell of how they chose to betray a king who only wanted to sing over their hearts so that they might bring that he might bring them back to his kingdom where some knew some he knew from the start some of you were raised in church <clears throat> who got caught up in murky waters you know the truth but you've gotten connected and networked with wrong people wrong leaders who've led you astray who who've convinced you to walk in their ways instead of his way and the lord says but this time this will cost you this time so this isn't Melissa Hood talking to you. This is the Lord talking to you and telling you this. I don't care if you receive it or not. You can take your chances. But the Lord says, for those who are choosing to walk in their own ways in this hour, you do so at your own peril. Because imminent doom is your future. For those who have gotten caught up in these witchcraft waters, unbeknownst to themselves, the Lord says that this is his final trumpet blow so that all would know that the true king is on the way to put his kingdom and might on display for all the world to see. That Jesus wasn't just a figure in their books of history. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever so that we would never depart from him and commit the current treason he now sees. That's a death safe, the Lord. Hey, South Africa, good to see you. This brings us into Judges 15, 1 through 16, 31. And it's called the hard lesson of retaliation, the fleshly fivefold. And it's God's battle, not yours. It's God's battle. This is why it's so important not to fight your own battles. Do you understand that? I'm going to preface this conversation with this truth. You don't, we don't get to choose what we want to do if we're not our own we were bought at a price so if you're saying that you're serving the lord of lord and the king of kings yet you're still choosing to do what's right in your own eyes then that means you have not you don't know the true king you haven't given your life over to him you're still demanding to own your vessel you're still demanding your own ways the lord says your ways aren't my ways and this season that will cost you greatly because the spiritual laws that operate on this level will be manif made manifest against you for imminent doom. So when a life is motivated by retaliation, <clears throat> the lessons can be painful. And it's in this hour, intercessor and front runner, you don't want to be fighting your own battles. This is why we've been teaching you and talking to you about the true king's decree. Sitting at Jesus' feet, finding out what he has to say about every matter and doing only what he tells you to do. Because it's not what you say is going to come to pass. It's what he says is going to come to pass. And he knows how to get you out and through. But instead, you want to make sure you know how to fight a thing, how to battle a thing. People, he knows the end from the beginning. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And his ultimate goal is to save a soul. Do you understand? So, can you hear me?
Uh-oh, I'm looping. There, we're back. We're back. Okay, so we're back. Good deal. Okay, so you can hear me now? Now you can. Right on. So we'll continue on. So it matters what he says about a thing, not what we have to say about a thing. So this happened to Samson. When his first, it was, it was a future father-in-law, uh, retaliated against him by giving away his bride. And so Samson then retaliated by burning the Philistines' harvest. And then they, which the Philistines were a people group, they retaliated by burning the bride and her father. They killed them. So that people group turned on their own people. So that bride, if things had been handled God's way, could have been married to a powerful man. A judge. He was a judge. And they could have joined two families in power, but they each chose to do things their own way. They didn't seek the true king's decree. But who finally won? I got really convicted by this. I had to go repent. And I was like, God, did I do something wrong? But he's like, no, finish it. Finish it. You're asking for the true king's decree. But the true king's decree sits outside of this whole situation. It's the one thing you always want to put first. You don't want to follow your ways. You don't want to react in your fivefold giftings. You don't want to follow wrong advice. You want to seek God. It doesn't matter what man has to say about a thing. It's what God has to say. And you may think, well, so-and-so hears the Lord. Well, why can't you go hear him for yourself? So it's what, what he tells you to do, and then he confirms himself in twos or more. But who finally won this battle? Because after this happened to Samson, the men of Judah came out and they became very, very frightened because they knew Samson's strength. So they tried to get him out of the way. They were trying to compromise with the enemy instead of declaring war and standing up for what was right. So both parties were wrong here. They were trying to get their own way. And had Samson been a truly sold-out spiritual man and not just a fighter, he could have led them forth into victory. He would have been a consistent judge, a consistent five-fold minister, but he wasn't. So now we see the imperativeness of learning to seek the true king's decree because I don't care how strong you are spiritually. God doesn't care how strong he's made you spiritually. It's not an hour to be demanding your own way, but instead always seeking out the ways of Yahweh. Because God's main objective is getting a soul saved. You understand? So if people are stuck, and he's, he's trying to get people back into himself, but right now there are so many people stuck in a spirit of witchcraft and in a spirit of religion. So this isn't the first time we're going to be dealing with this, even after you cross over into your Canaan. You're going to have to learn to deal with people like this. Because they're a dime a dozen now. They don't even, a lot of them don't even know they're caught up in witchcraft. Except for the leaders who are listening. And the sheep that are listening and getting cleaned up. But going back to Samson. Do you know what happens when we have leaders who demand to be right? Instead of standing up in the Lord's might and in his truth. Allowing his ways to dominate instead of our own. Like Samson or the Philistines 
Well, we have leaders who go rogue and they lead many of their sheep and intercessors into imminent doom because of allowing pride or Satan to walk into their room. I'm not trying to rhyme. It's just happening that way. See, pride goes before fall. Pride is Satan. You've allowed his spirit to come into your domain because you're demanding your own way. When we relinquish our own ways and we let God love come into the room, we let love's way loom. We let his way occur. We let it come in and set people free. Because at this point, Samson was even deceiving himself by thinking that he had everything under control, but obviously he did not. He didn't even have his emotions under control. So he was wrong. Because although he could have destroyed God's enemies and had been used in the past to destroy God's enemies, he was an inconsistent friend of the Lord. He did what was right in his own eyes, and he did whatever he felt like doing, because that, that's because he felt like, well, I judge. I'm a leader. I can do whatever I feel like doing. God's saying, not in this level. Not on this level. I have to ask you then, are you truly God's friend? Or are you only the one who shows up on holidays or when time get, times get hard for you? Do you consistently walk with him? Do you consistently practice him? Do you, do you apply the discipline that's needed in the hour that we now live? Because I'm going to tell you, it's trying. The times are hard. And for leaders, I understand being a leader in this time is hard. It's hard to deal with other people. It's hard to deal with the sheep. I don't know about you. C2 just started two days ago and the witchcraft is through the roof. So, the, so is the fatigue, by the way. If you've been really, really tired the last couple of days. And God's saying, draw yourself unto me. Come unto me. So I can renew you like the eagle and give you strength, new strength, new joy. To help you come up above all the mess of the enemy. Above the witchcraft. I'm trying to teach you to walk in my ways. That is the reason we walk through C2. Where you learn to deal with strange fire versus Holy Ghost fire. And it's a place, pardon me, where you learn to choose life and not death. Many of you are already getting caught up in the death cycle. And you're choosing your flesh. During C2, you have to make yourself do things God's way if you want to be approved to come into the next level. You don't just get to come on any old way you want. That's why a lot of people have gotten stuck in past levels of C2. They got sloppy in their agape. And this is a place where God's saying, it's a, it's a time to let me walk you out and through. Ask me to order your thinking. Order your emotions. Psalms 37, 23. Ask me to order your ways. Because in this season, God's looking for true friends, true sons and daughters who do as he asks them to do. Is this you? Instead of what's doing what's right in your own eyes or through your flesh by abusing your spiritual gifts. Let me stress that. Don't abuse your spiritual gifts. He'll draw back from you. Satan knows this. He knows exactly how to cause that to come to pass. God will draw back when you start breaking spiritual laws. You want to know why? Because he doesn't want to kill you. 
If you have a calling on your life and you haven't achieved your full potential in the earth, he wants to see you through. He wants you to achieve destiny. But some of you are so hell-bent on having your own way, and it's about to cost you everything. I've never meant that more. When God gave me this word last night, I thought, oh my God, these people, some people are about to get struck dead. So, if you're serving as a Samson in this hour, this is for those of you who are being obedient, and you're serving God respectfully through your gifts and obediently, Lord saying, you be careful who you allow your ear to be near. Listen to what you hear. Listen to who you associate with. Don't follow their ways. You follow mine, says the Lord. Because like the Philistines, there are many looking to use your strength for evil or to take away your strength like Delilah by those practicing witchcraft. So beware, says the Lord. You beware. Because a lot of people are losing firepower in this hour because they won't do what I've asked them to do. So I'm drawing back from them so I don't have to kill them. But unfortunately, for those who keep persisting on hitting those who are being true, Lord says it's fixing to cost you everything. I'll uproot you out of the earth. And I'll spew you out. So the bottom line is God's strength is not for sale. But you can come higher into his presence of love by getting free through the deliverance so that you can learn to do things his way instead of your own. That's an option for you. Which brings us to John 2, 1 through 25, where it talks about truly knowing Jesus and his heart. What gave him strength? Do you know what gives us true strength? I believe that's the whole point of this C2, where God's trying to teach us how to walk in true strength, true discipline, because it takes a truly disciplined heart to know not to react, but to respond in Christ, in love. You stay, you maintain your position of love, and you don't retaliate through prayer, you don't retaliate through words, you don't retaliate in the flesh. You're maintaining his presence. You're doing whatever he tells you to do to stay in the spirit. You're walking as he walks. You're saying as he says, praying as he prays. You're learning to move with him as a cloud by day, a pillar of fire by night. So that was the whole point. Thank you, Holy Spirit, of taking. In matter of fact, it's the whole point of all the C2s. I know you guys hate contraction point two. I know I do. But um, it's because they're so stressful. And they're stressful. Because they put pressure on your flesh. It's pressuresome to have to think about what you're thinking about. And when you're always getting hit in your emotions and people are always ticking you off, doing the most irritating things to you, that's really stressful. I don't know about you. And when you're at the lower sides of the mountain and having to learn how to do this stuff, you're having to learn. what You know what you're having to learn how to do? You're literally having to learn how to come back into God's ways. That's what all this is about. So it's that pressure that's created by stepping back into higher levels of the Spirit as you learn to practice God. You're practicing God. You're practicing love. You're practicing maintaining Spirit. His Spirit, not yours. And 
And it's, it's hard. It's a hard thing to do when you don't let the enemy unseat you. So the enemy's always going to bring people in around you during uh, April 30th through September 15th, all year round, actually, not just in those months, but very prevalently in those months because he wants to unseat you. He wants you to get out and come out of the spirit and into the lower levels of the spirit. He's trying to get you stuck in this level of C2. What are you going to do about it? Are you going to practice what you're learning? Are you just going to do whatever you feel like doing because it feels good or because you're, you just don't care? Because in this hour, it will cost you something. But if you truly know Jesus and his heart and his strength, you're going, to un- you're going to understand that joy was one of his most prevalent characteristics. Jesus was joyful. The joy of the Lord is our strength. You don't let people steal your joy. Don't let people steal your strength. Or don't, don't let people steal your peace is what I meant to say. Don't let people get your goat is what I'm trying to say. Don't let people's bad day become your bad day. Don't let people's disobedience with where they're not at in the spirit put you out of your position today. You maintain and you continue on despite what they do to you, despite what they say or pray about you, despite the pressure that's on you, maintain. Do what Jesus says to do. Get the true king's decree, but maintain that the discipline is what God's going to reward you for. That's what C2 is all about. And so in this passage, though, we see the Lord going to a wedding and he feels he's joyful. He's amongst true friends. Have you ever known that feeling when you're around like-minded people and they're, they're obedient to the Lord? They dwell together in unity. They're joyful. They're not, they're not happy. They're not, they don't have bitterness of soul. They're not letting uh, their own disobedience make them bitter because they refuse to change and be changed like what we're seeing in the church right now or in the world right now. We see so many people with a spirit of entitlement. Yes, it's infiltrated the church. Yes, it's hit leaders. Yes, we have people who think it's their right to take and do whatever they want to do without any ramifications of God saying, this season it's going to cost you. You better heed what I say. But in this environment for Jesus, he was amongst like-minded brethren, like-minded people who truly wanted love's ways. They wanted his presence. They wanted him amongst them. And it brought him great joy. He'd experienced sorrow. He, he was, had been known for sorrow, but he was usually a man of joy. He didn't like seeing people go through hard things because he loved people. He loved his sheep. But he didn't want them being acclimated to the world. Because he knew that the joy the world had to offer was fleeting. It was emotional. That's why the world is so triggered these days. They're easily triggered. Because there's no aspect of or essence of God in The world's emotions. Your emotions don't have a brain. Do you know that? They can't think for themselves. They're just up one day, down the next. Up one day, down the next. They're like a roller coaster. So where you have the spirit, where people dwell together in unity, God is there. But where you have the spirit, there's fullness of joy. But there's also a discipline. There's a way of doing things that maintains the power of God. It maintains the presence of God. 
And in this hour, you've got to learn this. You have to learn this if you're going to climb higher, if you're going to come back to love. And by the way, there's a price to coming back to love. There's a price. A lot of you have paid a high price to step into this place. I know I have. About no, no regrets. But I'm not stopping until I get what I came for. Neither should you. But if you know the joy of Christ, His joy goes on forever. And it's where your true strength comes from. If you know anything about joyful people, to a person who has bitterness of soul, who's angry all the time, who's just mad at the world, bitterness and jealous and covetousness, joyful people, happy people, truly fulfilled people, hey BP, they usually irritate the crud out of people because they don't let too much get underneath their skin. And had Samson sought out the Lord, he probably would have been a happier soul, even the Philistines for that matter. They would have been happier souls. Instead, they were both too busy popcorning off each other, ping, 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 and their emotions. They didn't have time to seek out the true king's decree. And had Jesus been alive then, he probably would have counseled Samson to use his strength from God in a different way, a more productive way for kingdom. But when we get caught up in our flesh, Jesus doesn't count that all joy. You know, I said, count it all joy when people persecute you and they, they do this for the sake of the kingdom. He, he didn't consider it a type of persecution coming at him in, because Samson was the one who instigated it. So do you see how sometimes when you follow your own ways, in your walk, instead of walking your walk, you're just talking a talk. You lack strength and power. Because you're refusing to come up for that hour and that season God's trying to get you to stand up into. Hello, C2. Which is accomplished through discipline and the true king's decree. Always finding out what God has to say about a thing instead of what you have to say. Nobody cares what you have to say. No offense. If it's your flesh, I don't, want to, I don't care what your opinion is. Nobody cares. If it's what God has to say, I, do, I definitely want to lend my ear to that. I want to know what he has to say. And I'm seeking about this. I, I seek him about these things every day because it matters to me. My friendship with God matters to me. Does your friendship with God matter to you? Are you so full of you that you don't have time to let God in to speak a thing to you? Because you think that your name is above every name instead of his name being above every name. Are you a leader that does this? Because if you do, woe be you, Eli. Woe be you. And then you get people to pick up your fences for you because you refuse to admit to yourself that you're wrong. That's called pride coming into your room. That's Satan, which goes before fall. And the Lord says, I'm here. To show you how to always be victorious, says the Lord. And I even experienced, says the Lord, those who wanted to use my gift for their own selfishness. The Lord says, I I experienced it through the Jews, through Israel. Always wanting a sign when I'd already told them what was to come. 
when Jesus has already told you, he's already given you a prophetic word about what is to come in your life, and he's calling you to learn to stand, learn to battle your flesh, it's because he wants to see who's in command. Is it you or him? Are you learning to follow him to come up higher into the thing you've asked of him? If you haven't, guess who gets to go around the mountain another lap? This is why we walk through C2. It's a testing season for you. To see if you're going to choose God's ways or the devil's ways. And that means if you're choosing the devil's ways, you're choosing your own ways. That's the fleshly bound heart and mind. Hence, here we stand in a season where God is calling all of his true sons and daughters to learn to grow up and obey. Learning to follow his ways. But there will always be people wanting to crucify the Jesus in you. But if you choose to stand in him in love, the Lord says, I'll raise you up again and again and again to show those types who is God and who is not. I did it with the Jews. I'll do it for you. He told them, I promised them that I would raise up my vessel in three days. And they thought I was talking about a worldly vessel. The Lord says, no, I was talking about my temple, not theirs, not the one they could see with their eyes. But their flesh always got in the way. But yet, the Lord's saying for you, frontrunner, intercessor, who are truly following me in this hour. Their flesh, the enemy's flesh, has no power over me. Are those that truly choose to follow me. The Lord says, this is real, raw power. Which brings me, or us, to Psalms 103, 1 through 22. And, you know, sometimes I think that when we're going through our testings, the hardest thing, and by the way, I want to encourage you, as you crossed over your bridge in that vision that I was discussing at the beginning of this conversation, I know that this part of the test, as though you weren't already tired enough, many of you are thinking, I just can't, I don't know if I'm going to be able to finish, God. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this, God. And God's like, yes, you can. Yes, you can. You're going to keep pressing into me, and I'm going to help you walk into your new land. I'm going to help you. But I need you to press into this new place, even though you're already fatigued. I need you to keep pressing, because I built you. I know how I, how I equipped you. But I need you to press all the way over into me, says the Lord. Because I'm going to help you finish this leg of the journey. It's the final leg before you enter into Canaan. You can do this. You can do this. If you're on the bridge. But you got to be like David. Who's always praising me, says the Lord. He's always praising me. And there are three things that David actually did in his relationship with the Lord. Where he always, he was always praising him. And I found this absolutely phenomenal today when I read this because he was praising God. Did you know David was praising God for healing and deliverance? He was praising him so he could become more like him because he understood the power 
of what healing and deliverance did for a soul. He understood that. The transformation power of what healing and deliverance did for a soul. It was redemptive in its process to, in its ability to transform. He praised him for deliverance and he praised him for the redemptive process and transformation. And this was even the best part. And then he praised him for having satisfied him, that God satisfied his soul by making him whole. Do you understand how satisfying it is to reach a place of wholeness and uh, uh, looking back at your past to realize all that God brought you through and, and you understand the process of C2. And, and then you're just like, oh my God, he brought me through so much and I have so much to praise him for. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for not giving up on me, for not letting me quit when I wanted to because my soul was tired. It says, There's, I've got so much more for you to do. And David knew the difficulties that the, and I found this interesting too. David knew the difficulties that the Israelites had walked through coming out of the bondages of Egypt in their entrance to Canaan. I didn't know that he knew about that. I thought, wow, that is interesting. So he was aware of the purpose of deliverance and the need for deliverance and having a deliverer, Moses. The different deliverance ministers that are being raised up amongst you. So he understood renewal. Even through his own imperfections. He understood renewal. And you know, for me, I think we're living in an hour, thank you Holy Spirit, where if we're going to come back to the basics of love, and we're going to come back into unconditional love. That was the place the church used to be. But God says many people wouldn't choose that. They would still continue on and doing what was right in their own eyes. But for the, the few of you who are choosing to walk in kingdom and you want kingdom. Lord says this is your portion. Where you're going to be so satisfied. But. You're also going to understand what it means to come back to the basics of love. You're not going to be one of these people who just sits in your lofty place, place from above, judging everybody, acting like you're everybody's judge, jury, and executioner. That's the problem that the world struggles with. It's the problem that a lot of leaders, a lot of the sheep, fake sheep struggle with because they don't want to get cleaned up. They don't want to get renewed. They think they're okay. Hey, I'm okay. You're okay. We're all okay. Let's just act like nobody's got any issues, but let's all make everybody miserable in the process because of our bitterness of soul. That's what he's doing. So, you know, we can all give lip service to renewal, but to talk about something's quite different from actually stepping into it and achieving it through Christ. You know, faith is an act and the action is in the doing. We get to actually participate in the renewal process. And so achieving transformation is an actual process where we literally get to obey what the Lord says when he puts his finger on things within us that he wants us to change. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that? So we're not just called to be passive or 
to sit on the sidelines acting like we're okay, we actually get to change. Imagine that, Mr. Sampson or Mr. Philistine. You actually get to think about what you're thinking about before you react, and you get to learn to choose life or death as you walk through C2. You get to actually learn to come out of the old and into the new, if you so choose. But if not, God's still sticking to his original word to you. If you choose your own ways in this season, you're facing imminent doom. That's a thus saith the Lord. If you know anything about David, David compared this process to the eagle who continues to fly higher and attain new strength. You know how Isaiah 40, 31 operates? Those that wait upon the Lord will mount up with wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not grow faint. That's why joy, the joy of the Lord is your strength. You've got to choose life. You have to make yourself choose life every time, even when it doesn't feel good. You've got to choose life. You've got to choose to seek the true king's decree, finding out what God has to say about a thing. Lest you step into death or into your flesh and you start digressing into lower portions of kingdom, which are not usually God's portion, not the light. That's in the darkness. And so what do you think the occult wants you to do in this hour? What do you, why do you think they're releasing strange fire? Strange fire. First of all, C2, April 30th on through. Matter of fact, they're getting ready to have a, they've been having a deaf, excuse me, a demon con conference in the East Gate of Boston, which I could just slap the leaders in Boston forever allowing them to do that. It's the stupidest thing unless they're Satanists themselves. Ever allowing that to happen in the East Gate. So the East Gate, if you know anything about the East Gates, East Gate's carrying the new move of God, which can't be stopped. Acts 539. Something's of God, you can't stop it. But what they're trying to do is pollute it. And they're trying to pollute as many people in the nation as they possibly can <clears throat> to keep this last stand, this latter glory from coming in to which would give God's people command. And by the way, we are going to have the full command through Christ. It's already happening because they're losing firepower. That's why they hate you. Thank you, Jesus, for reminding me about that. Um, they hate you. Those of you who've been obedient and you're coming out and through, <clears throat> they hate you because they're finally seeing who's God and who's not. So is three-fourths of the church who've stayed in the murky waters. In the vision that I told you at the beginning of this conversation <clears throat> are, are those who have chosen their own ways. <clears throat> Sorry. So when God said he's doing a new move, he's doing a new thing in this hour, we're starting to see that rise up in firepower. And it's through people that they look like they're Samson's. They seem like they're Samson's. But you, if you're fivefold, you cannot get caught up in the old. You can't get caught up in your flesh and your old mindsets because that will pull you out of that place, Samson. That's usually through a spirit of Delilah. How do you get your power? Basically, what they're basically trying to find out is what are your weaknesses? What are your weaknesses? Oh, comb my hair. Comb, brush my hair. Don't touch my hair. My hair is a wiry mess. Don't touch me. <laughs> Don't 
That's what they're trying to find out about you. What are your weaknesses? What do you still need to be delivered of? So how about how about beat him to the punch and get delivered of it first? <gasps> Wouldn't that be novel? <clears throat> Therefore, you have no weaknesses in Christ. When he's when I'm weak, he's strong. I've been transformed into the image of God. So David compared the process, this whole process, to the eagle who continues to fly higher and attain new strength, which comes through the transformation process as we choose to change and be changed. Which brings us to Proverbs 14, 17 through 19. You know, you know there's, there's something to be said about transition. Thank you, God. <clears throat> and everybody's going to come to a crossroads in their life where God's saying, I've given you every opportunity to do what I've asked you to do. I've, I've given you, I've sent in prophet after prophet, female after female. <clears throat> Sorry. And he showed me this last night when he was talking about the prophets who have been sent into our nation, i.e. Kent Christmas, John Kilpatrick, <clears throat> Sorry. <clears throat> and the other ones who have stepped up on the world stage releasing prophetic words saying, you better stop. You better stop. But now we literally are at that place where you're fixing to start seeing things busting out. And see, a lot of people are expecting to me, they're, they're expecting people to start dropping dead, which could happen. That could happen. But my guess, God's going to utilize everything. And what I saw this morning in my vision was God utilizing like things that were already in play that the devil, he's, he uses all things. He uses the devil for his good. Romans 8.28. Although some of these things aren't going to seem like they're very good. Thank you, Holy Spirit. But if you know anything about the Lord, God told me this morning, when we get into our own ways and we demand our own way and we continue on in that way, when God has said, turn back, Balaam, turn back, I'm standing in front of you with crossed swords <clears throat> and you're about to run smack dab into me and I'm about to strike you dead. But when we continue to do that, gosh, I lost, what helped me? Um, what happens is that God will use, thank you, Lord, the things that are already in play, like i.e. vaccine mandates. Everything that's in the body already, that's killing people already. And he'll, he'll use them and just start dropping people. But I really sense in this hour, for those of you who haven't even taken that, God, what he's saying, what he's been showing me this morning in a vision is that, so that you know this is really of God. God says, there are some of you who haven't taken the vaccine. And I'm going to uproot you out of the land just like that so that everybody around you knows that my word will stand. And I'm a father who keeps his promises and I finish what I start. But you've got to participate if you want to take part. And that's what I'm going to leave you with. So this is what Proverbs 14, 17 through 19 states as we wrap up. He that is soon angry dealeth foolishly and a man of wicked devices is hated <clears throat> the simple inherit folly but the prudent are crowned with knowledge are you prudent the evil bow before the good and the wicked at the gates of the righteous so 
it may seem like evil is winning in this hour. But what you don't know is it's all on its last leg as far as at this juncture of the journey for this season. For those of you who have chosen to cross over into this new place, this promised land God's giving you. And if you're of God, nothing can stop you. Matter of fact, let me prove this, that this is of the Lord. There are some of you, even last night, who were praying against people. And you got this spirit of impending doom coming on you. The Lord says, you better heed me when I'm coming near you. And I'm telling you to get your mouth off my people. Get your prayers off my people. Don't you ever use my presence on your vessel for evil, lest I uproot you. So saith the Lord, that you know this is for you. I'll leave you with that. Please know that I love you. God's doing a new thing in this hour, but he wants us to be true. I'll talk to you on Friday. Bye-bye, guys.